Welcome to another Psych Matters podcast from the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists. Psych Matters is a series of discussions on training and practice issues facing trainees and fellows of the college and other important topics in mental health. Dr. Rhys Tapsell, a Māori Fellow of the RANZCP, interviews Dr. Ratahi Bell, a Senior Registrar in Forensic Specialty Training, about the specific challenges and opportunities that come with training as a Māori Psychiatric Registrar in New Zealand. They discuss the importance of dual competence, being able to walk equally in both the Māori and psychiatric worlds, in working in New Zealand, and the value that bringing an integrated approach can have in the assessment and management of a Māori patient within their whanau. They discuss the important Māori concepts and processes and their value to the range of therapeutic tasks that a psychiatrist might face in dealing not only with Māori patients and whanau, but with patients of all backgrounds. Equally, they discuss the cultural demands and expectations that a Māori trainee can face and the additional supports that can make training more tolerable and successful. Kia ora tātou, uh, nau mai haramai ki tō tātou nei hui e tarā nei, mai a tāhuna Queenstown. Me ko wai au, uh, ko au te tai uri o te aroa waka, uh, me ko ngongotaha te maunga, ko kaitona te awa, ko te aroa te waka me te iwi, ngā te whakau e tāpu, me ko Rhys Tapsall a tōku ingoa. Uh, welcome everybody, my name's Rhys Tapsall and I'm a psychiatrist, a fellow of the Royal Australian New Zealand College of Psychiatry. And it's a genuine uh, honour for me to be here today to have a little bit of a chat, a koiro to Ratahi Bell, one of our senior Māori psychiatric registrars. Perhaps Ratahi, you might uh, introduce yourself to our listeners. Kapai tenakui Rees, otira tenakoto katoa. Um, ko Ratahi Bell toku ingoa, he uri tenei no Waikato Maniopoto, ki te rohe pōtai, ki te zaho toku pāpa. Uh, ki te taho toku whaia, he hononga oku ki Ngāti Raukawa, Ngāti Ranginui, me Ngāti Kauhoki. So my name's Ratahi, I'm a stage 3 registrar, currently based in Kirikuriroa, Hamilton, in the UCNI Training Committee, and I've just embarked in my Forensic Advanced Training Certificate as part of stage 3. So a pleasure to be here, Reese. Yeah, it's lovely, isn't it, Ratahi, to be in the middle of Queenstown, surrounded by these beautiful mountains and lakes, uh, and having been welcomed into the New Zealand conference this morning by the local people. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really special, especially considering that the thing that makes, you know, working in Aotearoa and training in Aotearoa unique is being able to embrace our Indigenous cultures. So we are, I think, privileged to get some of that experience when we travel to the Congress in Australia. And rightfully so, I think we also have a duty to do that to our Australian counterparts and welcoming them into our whenua. Yeah, kāpai. Kia ora. So Ratahi, we're going to talk a little bit this morning, I'm going to ask you some questions about um, your journey, ask you some questions also about some of your experiences as a, as a Māori trainee in the college, and then you know, maybe we might finish with just a few questions asking you about your kind of reflections for the future, what you want to do, how you'd like to see the mental health system perhaps be a bit more responsive to Māori need. Kāpai? Kāpai. So uh, Ratahi, I'm interested in how you came to do medicine firstly. I'm the Matamu, the eldest of five children, and um, I grew up in, in West Auckland. Both of my parents, whilst they are both Māori, also um, experienced sort of the after-effects of urbanisation and having to uplift their own whānau generations prior to move to the big city to make a living for themselves. And part of that was, I think, a loss in cultural identity and language, 
Unfortunately, myself and my siblings were fortunate to go to Kurakaupapa to start reclaiming some of that knowledge and language back. But I think one of the things that was missing from that experience was being able to understand the Western world that we actually were living in. And so um, when I started year nine, moving to mainstream, I think I recognised that I had a passion for the taiao, for putaiao science, because that aligned really closely to te ao Māori and how we as scientists in te ao Māori view the world. So I think that was a natural kind of progression into healthcare or the health system. And when I did my overlapping year one at the University of Auckland in biomedicine, it became quite clear that my skills were probably better suited to communication with people and working with people rather than in labs or in research. One thing led to another and I found myself really driven to give back in some way to our people. And I think medicine was one avenue for that. One of the things you said there was about the similarity between the Māori world and modern Western science. And, you know, we've had a bit of uh, debate about that recently, particularly within the the academic world. And I I was interested to know what your thoughts were about science, the similarities with mātauranga Māori Māori knowledge and the differences and, and what you thought about that. Touching on the conflicts that might exist between these lenses of Western science and Indigenous sciences, I think it's important to acknowledge that science itself is a medium for obtaining knowledge. And those mediums are often driven by the utility of tools and instruments to be able to solve a mystery or prove some kind of hypothesis. And for Māori, you know, those tools aren't necessarily instruments per se, as always, but um, they use their senses, um, observation of the environment around them, seeing, sight, hearing. But Māori also have a number of other senses that they tap into with their wairua. And we often talk about the atua rongo, who is the atua of peace, but he also also is the atua of sort of perception. And so that can be quite a challenging uh, paradigm for Western science to wrap their head around at times. And from a perspective of colonisation, sort of anything that sort of challenges a Western paradigm can be potentially seen as threatening to a colonial agenda. So I think a lot of the conflict comes from that. But in terms of the similarities, all you have to do is talk to multi-scientific experts and the scientific methodology. It's very, very similar, you know, the process of making a hypothesis, using observation and methods to be able to observe the issue at hand and then runs through a series of sort of trial and error, yeah, other methods to be able to prove and disprove hypotheses. So personally, I don't see a lot that's different. Perhaps the approach itself may be slightly different and be underpinned by different methodologies, but I think that there is a definite space here, especially in you know, the, the sort of decades that we're currently operating in where perhaps more harmony can be seen across both those paradigms. Kia ora, tika. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And of course... That's no more clearly the case than in the discipline of psychiatry. And so I'm interested, uh, Rate, what, what led you to psychiatry? So you did medicine. What led you to psychiatry? What were the influences there? Well, this might be a bit of a plug for um, PIF, the Psychiatry Interest Forum. So when I was a medical student in second year, I knew that they were advertising opportunities for medical students to attend uh, the national conferences. And kia pono if I speak honestly, uh, me and a couple of uh, mates who were also Māori medical students saw an opportunity to get out of, of study and to have a good time and um, to hear some interesting kōrero. And so we flew down to Dunedin at the time and on the first day met some of the kaumātua of Te Kaunihira, 
like Fiamoy, and also recognize that psychiatry itself lends itself well to be able to see things outside of a biomedical perspective, psychological, uh, spiritual. And those were sort of sort of the seeds, if you like, that were being planted in me at the time, so that when I was progressing through uh, the clinical half of my medical degree and was struggling to see at times in various specialties those aspects of who we are as people being acknowledged and embraced, I guess I was becoming more and more enticed towards psychiatry. So I think that was the pull for me was was the holism in terms of the approach in psychiatry that again aligns very well with Tao Māori perspective. Uh, kia ora. And I'm I'm sure I'm talking to Fire Moy a little bit later in the morning and I'm sure that she uh, would be very, very happy to know that she was one of the influences that brought you to psychiatry. So Ratahi also interested from a younger person's perspective on the kind of challenges that you think that there are in approaching some of the challenges perhaps that there are in in the mental health world and and in particular for Māori. I think one of the main challenges is for the most part the majority of clinicians who work and operate in the mental health space have the absolute best intentions. And that's across the board. They have the best intentions for their whaiora and the patients. They have the best intentions for the whānau who support those patients. And even so for Māori, whether those clinicians may be Māori or not, I can see that. I think where the challenge lies is being able to have the resource and appropriate supervision to be able to support staff to actually learn the skills necessary or implement the skills that they already know in an effective way to support whaiora. I think something that resonates well with being Māori is this idea of whakamā. So perhaps being a little bit shy to put yourself out there and make mistakes, especially when you know the stakes are high. In this context, the stakes being the mana of the whaiora that you're serving. So it doesn't surprise me that a lot of clinicians feel apprehensive about pursuing or developing their own skills for Māori. But I think if there was a much greater availability of cultural supervision and support for clinicians of any discipline and the resources were more widely available across the health sector, I think that some of the barriers that we would be seeing contributing to the inequity would be minimised. I hope that you're enjoying this podcast. If you have a topic suggestion or would like to participate in a future episode of Psych Matters, we'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by email at psychmatters.feedback at ranzcp.org. So Ratahi, oftentimes there are clinical things and there are cultural things that are important. And I, I wondered whether you had any thoughts or any ideas about the relationship between those two spheres, the clinical sphere and the cultural sphere. And in particular, when understanding and treating Māori, what are the kind of competencies, what are the kind of skills that you think a psychiatrist should have? Do you have some thoughts about that? I think the first thing that comes to mind is recognising that appreciating someone's cultural standpoint uh, is a relatively recent concept in Western medicine and psychiatry. If you think about the introduction of the biopsychosocial model only occurring from the late 70s, it wasn't until decades later that spirituality and culture became ingrained into that model. And so it's taken time, I think, for us, our respective colleges, to be able to honour that 
and also therefore develop skills and awareness to be able to better ourselves as clinicians. So I think that's the first thing. It is a relatively recent concept in terms of the history of psychiatry, or perhaps we've more come full circle in, in re-acknowledging those aspects. In terms of how that intersects with clinical competencies, you know, within medicine, we're held to a certain standard and um, a host of competencies. A lot of those are much easier educated and assessed against the standard than others. And I think it's the cultural competencies that often are a bit more challenging. Might leave that to you to sort of suggest why that might be. But I'm reminded also of the Takarangi framework, which the college is, is introducing as part of a um, Hawara Māori competency framework for us. And in that framework, it acknowledges that in order to be an effective clinician and a, and a fully competent clinician to meet the needs of our whaiora, we have to have both clinical and cultural expertise or competence. So from a Māori perspective, I think if you're able to work in a culturally effective way with whaiora, that's no doubt going to increase engagement, therapeutic alliance, which therefore uh, follows on good therapeutic outcomes. In that definition, there isn't too much difference between clinical and cultural needs. Meeting one also satisfies the other. So, well, firstly, I'd say that I'd agree with you. I think in some ways it is a little bit back to the future. So, so I think it's a little bit about Western approaches and Western medicine, realising and acknowledging that many of those things that all cultures uh, accepted to be important in terms of the ways they live their lives of years gone by uh, remain as important now as they ever did and that the Western paradigm, Western science didn't change that. It added quite a lot. But, but maybe one of the things that it did was to detract from people's understanding and appreciation of some of those other things that make us human and that, that draw us together and that are important in living our lives. I think that's true. So Rate, I wonder if you had any thoughts around the sorts of things that the college ought to provide for all psychiatric trainees in order to better prepare them to deal with Māori, Tūroro and whānau in their clinical practice. I think the first thing is to acknowledge that we as trainees come from all different cultural backgrounds and with that as well we may have different levels of contact with te ao Māori or Māori people in general and so by acknowledging that you become aware that different trainees may have different needs and different starting points to the journey to be able to develop their own skills and support whaiora. So with that comes the need to acknowledge also the apprenticeship model that medicine is in which we work in. And, you know, if you think about some of the contact theory hypotheses, exposure to issues relevant to Māori is no doubt going to increase not only your awareness but your capacity and confidence to be able to do something about it as a clinician. One thing that I've always wondered is acknowledging that the Māori population is significantly overrepresented across health in general but more so also in the mental health space. Is there a way for us to be able to create cultural opportunities to participate in kaupapa Māori mental health services as a part of compulsory training? So if you think about the stage two phase of training where you have two years, two of those runs are allocated to consult liaison and child and adolescent, very important areas of health. Um, and then the second year is a elective year. Now you can elect if it's available to participate in a kaupapa Māori mental health service. As a trainee who has been through a few of those, it's been really valuable to see how different services meet the needs of, of their whaiora. So that would be one of the main things that I would offer the college to consider. In Aotearoa, is it feasible or is it worthwhile making a kaupapa Māori rotation compulsory for all trainees? 
Well, and, and indeed, I tell you, given the nature of the patient population that most psychiatrists are likely to see and the disproportionate number of Māori in that group, you might even argue that it oughtn't just to be the, a possibility, but that we might insist in training that trainees have some exposure to kaupapa Māori services and, as you say, the opportunity to learn in an apprenticeship way about how best to deal with Māori patients and their whānau. And so, Rate, more specifically though, I'm interested to know from you, you know, as a Māori trainee coming into training, what are some of the challenges for you particularly, uh, as opposed perhaps to a non-Māori psychiatric trainee? What are, what are some of the things that you've experienced, some of the things that you're aware of, some of the challenges that there are for you? I think a big challenge which is becoming much more widely appreciated and, and awareness is definitely growing within the medical space is this idea of cultural loading that a lot of Māori clinicians uh, experience and the MCNZ have released a, a statement on cultural loading and the effects for Māori doctors only a couple of years back, I think it was 2017 or 2019, which acknowledges that on top of all of the clinical demands that trainees experience, there is also a significant personal uh, iwi hapu whānau demand to be able to give back uh, in some way. Um, and as someone who has personally experienced the socio-demographic uh, inequalities that exist in society, it becomes really challenging to witness this and a lot of the tangata whaiora, you know, it hits a little bit close to home. So I think that is one of the main challenges for Māori trainees is how to actually negotiate holding space for those experiences that no doubt have played a significant role in the call to respond whilst also being able to meet the college-determined competencies. The training requirements yeah. and the, the, the range of different uh, examination hurdles, yeah. Yeah. What is the answer for that? I don't know. In the last year or two, working with Tikoni Hira, we've managed to start up opportunities for cultural supervision. So these are protected spaces once every two months where Māori trainees around Aotearoa are able to discuss these complex issues that we see in our respective services that we experience personally that may make the job somewhat harder with cultural experts and Māori psychiatrists who have sort of walked that path and, and paved it for us as well. And that has been really supportive experience, I think, to a lot of the Māori trainees. So just opening opportunities for support is helpful. So moving on from that then, do you have any thoughts or suggestions as to things that the college might need to consider or things that the college might do to make that path for Māori trainees just a little bit easier, given, as you've said, all of the additional stresses and pressures that they experience? I think as a Māori trainee, you can often feel quite isolated. So depending on what training centre you're currently working in, the available supports from more senior Māori clinicians, be they other trainees or consultants, can be quite limited. If there was you know, an opportunity to be able to create some kind of database or network that would support trainees to quickly identify what immediate supports are in their environment, I think that would be really helpful. I think mentorship is quite powerful and we've identified that the college in recent years has developed a big mentorship program. I think something similar would be quite helpful for Māori trainees and acknowledging the differential needs and challenges that Māori trainees face. So I think probably those things would go a long way. But I'll tell you, I'm also interested, coming back to you, 
You're interested in what you would like to do. So you're coming to the end of your training. What do you see yourself doing in five years from now? Hopefully finish my forensic training would be good. And uh, working as an SMO in Waikato. So there's something really special about being able to work in the rohe that you papa to. What would my career look like? I am quite interested in preventative medicine and rehabilitation. So perhaps that would be in a community setting, working in forensics, in a rehab stream and an inpatient. You know, the overarching principles to that for me particularly is working with Māori. So are there opportunities for me to be able to continue increasing my mātauranga Māori in a way that's going to influence my practice to meet the needs that, that Māori have in forensic services? So not too sure what that will look like, but I'm quite optimistic and hopeful. Well, I'll tell you, as your boss in the Waikato, it does gratify me greatly to hear that you <laughs> that it's your intention to stay working for us. So can I just say that it's been a genuine pleasure talking to you, that I think that the Psychiatry Interest Forum that managed to attract you into a career in psychiatry did a great thing and should pat itself on the back. And I'm sure that you'll be a fantastic fellow of the Royal Australian New, New Zealand College of Psychiatrists and a wonderful clinician for Māori and non-Māori alike. Nā reira, kia koe e ho, ko tēne te mihi, kia koe mō tō kōrero, me e mō o whakaro hoki ki tō tātanei kōrero i tā rānei. Nā reira, tēnā koe. Ngā mihi nui, kia koe te tūakana. Kia ora. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Psych Matters. Feel free to share it with others and keep an eye out for future episodes. Psych Matters is produced by the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists.